This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of queer erasure in media. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in plotting whatever the heck cisgender straight people think it is we're doing. CJ, can you tell us what's on the bi schedule for today? Absolutely. We're talking with Tina, who is a young adult novelist. Yes, that's author. Author. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll take author. It gives me more street cred. <laughs> Fair enough. And then uh, Jen's going to lead us in a game, as always. <laughs> so how is it going, Tina? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? We're doing great. Just dandy. <laughs> so tell us about you. Yes, um, I'm Tina. I'm from the East Coast originally, but now I live out uh, adjacent to Los Angeles. And I've written two uh, young adult novels about a high school senior named Carly, who is a lesbian. And it's just about her coming of age and not a coming out story. Um, So the first book is her senior year of high school. And the second book is her freshman year of college. And then the third book that comes out in April of next year is going to be a couple years out of college and like kind of where she is now post-grad. That's Ooh. kind of, yeah. Awesome. The three weirdest times of your life. <laughs> For sure. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, actually. Like, we'll, we'll jump right into it because you specifically mentioned that it's not a coming out story, which yeah. I super loved. And I would also love you to explain that decision. Yeah, that, I think, was one of the few things that I knew ahead of time. I, I don't know if I actually, like, planned to write this book. I feel like it just accidentally happened, and here we are. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I found when I was reading a lot of books when I was coming out is that I loved coming out stories. And for that beginning time when you're figuring out, like, your identity and who you are and all this stuff, the coming out stories are crucial. But then once you've hit this stage of acceptance where maybe you're out to yourself and maybe you're out to your family and like a couple friends and yeah, you just kind of feel more comfortable. You kind of want to read other stories that aren't just coming out stories. You want to see how a queer person lives their life with everything else that you have to deal with as a human being on this planet. So I kind of made the conscious choice that this girl would know that she's gay and that's kind of the only thing that she knows. Everything else, she has no idea what she wants to do with her life, where she fits in, where she wants to go to college. Um, So kind of flip it from every other young adult queer story. Yeah, and I really... I really appreciated, I mean, that whole thing, but especially, like, it wasn't just that the main character never came out, it was that no one did. Um, Even characters whose... uh, 
uh, sexual orientation was a mystery, it was revealed without it being like, sit down, I need to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean for, for the girl that she has a crush on? Molly? Yeah, yeah, for Molly. Like, yeah. literally, it's just like, oh, I saw a flag in her room. All right, that explains it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I knew that I didn't want it to be, like, some weird conversation that they have together. They're like, so how do you identify? And just, like, a weird after-school special. I was like, I don't need this. Yeah. Nobody wants this. And, like, I feel like in my experience, you just kind of find out more organically. Like, you just find out based on, like, their TV shows that they like. Or you do notice something as small as, like, a pride flag or a bi flag or something like that that kind of answers your question without having to like have a whole serious health class talk about it. Yeah, I super agree with you be- that the um, the coming out stories do have their use. Um, it's just like if every single one of our stories is about coming out, it makes it seem as if our identities are based solely in like big revelation moments. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, I, most of it is just kind of after the fact like, there is the constant, like, having to clarify for, like, new people or things like that mm-hmm. or remind old, like, old friends. But in general, other than that, in the day-to-day, it's not like we're constantly sitting down with people and having meaningful conversations about ourselves. <laughs> right. Right. Like, we still have to go grocery shopping. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And on top of that, I think um, it's just so nice to have variety in stories about us. It feels like everything, if it's not a coming out story, is about one of us dying. Or, so frequently, both somehow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, I figured this out about myself. Now I can leave the earth and become a sad ghost in the background of this credit sequence. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I was raised on, like... 90s teen comedies just like clueless and she's all bad Mm -hmm. and you know like all of those really great movies where like a guy and a girl will look at each other for like a half a second across the room and you'll have like a song play in the background all of a sudden you know that even if there's literally no character development between either (laughs) one of them they will end up together at the end of the movie yep But then you do insane amounts of character development in TV shows and, like, it's a very clear, like, coming out, or not coming out, but, like, a very clear crush developing. Mm -hmm. And you'll still have people be like, that came out of left field. Like, when it comes to LGBT people, they'll be like, there's no way that they're gay. Like, what do you mean? Mm. Like, I didn't see it coming. Yep. And so I think that's ridiculous. As someone whose formative years were from 90s teen comedies, I believe that... Uh, everyone should end up with the person they have a crush on. <laughs> Which, for our for our cis listeners, just a little lesson. That's exactly a great example of heteronormativity, in which mm-hmm. uh, heterosexual relationships are seen as the norm, and then anything outside of that is considered a deviation. So log that away. <laughs> Give us gay clueless. Oh my God! With Alicia Silverstone still playing Cher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I really, like, I really appreciated the book, like, even as somebody who's not, like, a huge fan of the romantic comedy genre, I thought that uh, the book uh, did so, like, played so many different, like, rom-com moments, while also subverting a lot of what we typically see from rom-coms. I obviously don't want to spoil anything, but, like, it is a romantic comedy, so, like, at some point there's one character trying to, like, win, quote, quote, another character, and they're told 
called like never give up. And then they're like, I do feel in this moment, like I have to give up. And (laughs) I thought that was very nice because like you typically just see like the one person, usually the guy barreling through with no consideration of how the woman feels. But then like in this moment, it was like, no, I'm sensing that this is not the right time to do this. Yeah, I think that moment, because the, the, like right after the party, right? Mm-hmm. Toward the end. Yeah, yeah after yeah. the party. That moment I really like. And then, again, no spoilers, but it's a high school book. So there's yes. prom. And I love romantic comedy. <laughs> but I, like, so Carly, in my mind, the main character, just is kind of less traditionally feminine. Like, she wears a suit to prom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it's such a shame that, like, all of those romantic comedies that you have, you have the girl come down the stairs in, like, her big flowy dress or whatever. But I wanted, because I would, if I had known I was gay in high school, I would have worn a, a suit to prom. Mm. But I wanted that moment of walking down the stairs to be something that is for people that aren't traditionally feminine, too. So Carly gets to have the moment where she gets to walk down the stairs in her prom suit. And that is one of my favorite parts of the book. Hell yeah. I love oh, that so much. I'm so excited to read this. <laughs> like every second we talk about it, I'm just like getting more and more excited. Yeah. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. And I think it's so important too to like be like as art, because like Jen and I both also, we write for like theater and music, like we're not authors, so to speak. But like, I think like as creators, we have a certain responsibility to both honor the past while also making things better for the future. So like those subversions of common tropes are super helpful for paving a path forward for queer youth. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I love romantic comedies, so (laughs) I'm a sap for all of it. But I think it's just such a shame that we, growing up LGBT, you don't, get to see like even love simon love simon was adorable and i cried but it's still his coming out story and we still don't know anything about simon outside of the fact that he's gay and that he drinks iced coffee mm-hmm. and i think <laughs> which i mean same wild but... <laughs> wild true for many queer people that's not all we do okay <laughs> it's some days it feels like that's all i do but... hey, yeah. hey 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 <laughs> we also like panic at the disco but i feel like even when we have that romantic comedy it's still just his coming out story and it's i i just really want that to expand to more than those stories and to just get all of those romantic comedy tropes because i feel like the reason people don't like romantic comedies is that they feel repetitive but then you look at you know groups of people that don't have romantic comedies like you know, with Crazy Rich Asians, and Crazy Rich Asians made bank because there's no other really romantic comedy for Asian people. And I think the same thing would happen if you make LGBT romantic comedies that are just them falling in love, because we kind of need that in the world, I think. Yeah, agreed. What drew you to specifically writing for uh, young adults? Or teenagers. Teenagers. Because being a teenager is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) True. Elaborate. (laughs) Um, No, I feel like because I came out around... uh, Well, I came out to my family at 
17 or 18, I think, uh, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But it was the same thing where I was a very avid reader and I, I read a lot of John Green books like around that age where it's like kind of just fun-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad, but <laughs> right. like, um, like my favorite book of his, it wasn't sad. And, but, like, those kind of fun stories of, like, high school students, um, I read a lot of those, and I read romantic, or I watched a lot of romantic comedies, and those are, tend to be billed, like, toward that age range, too, of, like, teenagers and, like, mid-twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, like, my bread and butter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, when I came out, though, I was still watching all those things and reading all those things and then not being able to see myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, I think romantic comedies say a lot about like our society and like how we learn to be in romantic relationships, like as we grow up. Um, and I think, like you said earlier, CJ, like with how men and a lot of romantic comedies tend to just barrel through and not <laughs> listen and like how that affects how boys are in romantic relationships later. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to be said about what romantic comedies teach young adults and I think there's also a lot to be said for what it means to LGBT kids to not get to see themselves as romantic leads and anyone of any minority. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, um, when I was coming, I, I also came out as a teenager, but when I was like still trying to figure my shit out, um, I the pretty much the only young adult book in the in my uh, town's library was The God Box by Alex Sanchez. I don't know if either of you are familiar with it. I'm not. No. Um, Alex, two more of his books were actually in, like, he specifically also writes uh, queer young adult novels. He wrote, like, uh, Rainbow High, Rainbow Boy, is like, that was a whole series. But The God Box was a standalone that specifically was about um, a kid who... Uh, is like super Christian meeting another kid who's Christian and also gay and he's like what but those two can't happen and they're (laughs) like yes it can and here's why and the book itself it's terrifically written and also pretty much just kind of like a platform for uh just hashing through all of the arguments for why it's okay to be Christian and gay and why being gay should be fine in Christianity. Um, If there weren't any characters, it could essentially be a PowerPoint presentation, which me as a person, I appreciate that type of thing because I'm not into subtlety with important messages. (laughs) (laughs) But that was really all I had um, growing up was this character cisgender gay man hearing from this other cisgender gay man about being gay and a teenager specifically through the lens of christianity i'm like racking my mind trying to think like i read a lot as as a youth uh (laughs) and I'm, i'm just trying to think if i had read anything in all of like the millions of books i picked up at the library if there were any like queer characters (laughs) <laughs> I think the only one that I like actually I remember two. One was a John Green book that he wrote with David Levithan. Lev- Lev- mm, the guy I don't remember his name, but it's called Will Grayson. Will Grayson. Oh and, wait, I I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, like it's two. Like one's a straight boy named Will Grayson, and the other's a gay boy named Will Grayson, and they happen to like meet randomly one night, and it's like told in alternating point of views. Hmm. But it's very sad, and like 
the gay Will Grayson doesn't end up with the boy he has a crush on. Mm. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, I remember that one, and then I remember my sister, who is also gay, who I love to call a lesbian Ron Swanson because it's, it's just perfect for her. Um, so she came out before me, but she had, like, a collection of, like, poems and, like, short stories that she had, like, checked out from the library of LGBT authors. And I remember reading that. But aside from those two, I really... Oh, I think I read The Miseducation of Cameron Post, but I don't know if I read that later or not. But that was around that time. But that's it. Right. Nothing else. Right. And I don't think any of those end happily. <laughs> yeah. I managed to remember exactly two characters All right. that I, uh, I read about in my youth. And they're both, like, minor characters or supporting characters. And Who it's, like, one of them is only, like... So, like, in, like, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman, there's a character who is implied to be a lesbian. Mm, and if okay. you're not, like, if you're not looking for it or a particularly open-minded individual, it's very possible you'll just totally miss it entirely. Mm-hmm. And then I just reread a book from my, my youth uh, <laughs> called Tithe by Holly Black, and there is a gay supporting character... It's another cisgender, like, white gay dude. Um, and he's not a particularly nice person, and he ends up in, like, in a weird <laughs> abusive thing. <laughs> oh, no. He does get a boyfriend in the third book, but that's that's very far in the series, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've been, fe- <laughs> sorry, I've been feeling more and more recently that, like, while we see an increase of queer representation in media, we also see a lot of people using the same tropes over and over again to tell our stories. Mm. Quite frankly, whether they are queer or straight, um, or queer or cishet, um, and I just like feel very strongly that if you are a creator, that if this is your time to expand the horizon past all the shitty tropes past the thing where it's the gay guy who has a crush on the straight guy and then either like yeah. gets rejected or like turns him gay um <laughs> yeah. i want to i want to see lesbians who don't denounce penis i like i, I want to see it all yeah and I think, like, the, what you said about the friend, like, the having a crush on the straight friend, that was something that I also knew that I wanted in the book. Because Carly has, like, a best friend named Annie. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are just strictly platonic best friend soulmates that, like, like there's never been any, at least in, I hope it came across that way, that, like, Carly never had a crush on Annie. It was never like that. Oh, it was yeah. just, like, pure friendship because I think that's really important too and I think it happens a lot with lesbian characters in pop culture where they have a crush on their straight best friend and they pine and nothing happens and you're just like what are we doing yeah <laughs> like, why no that super came across that like there has never been any romantic or sexual feelings between them like they're strictly bffs which I thought was just super because those relationships are valuable too. Gosh, yeah, darn it! They're they're great. <laughs> yeah, because I've like ended up with a lot of straight girl friends, and I have been very lucky that it, no friendship that I have had has 
uh, turned like uncomfortable or like they were like weird when I came out or anything like that. So I think that's why it was very important to me that Annie the character exists because I think those friendships are real and like lesbians always get hypersexualized and lesbian like and female friendships tend to be hypersexualized too in mm-hmm. a lot of media. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted just like pure sweet friendship. Yeah. And like even for the times where like like there were times growing up and like in my life where I was attracted to like a somebody who I knew was straight and right. in my brain I like even if they were my friend in my brain I was just like Oh, shucks. That's not going to happen. Oh, well. And then I continued the friendship because friendship is magic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what exactly. the That's what the ponies told me. <laughs> like, it's it, it, just because you are attracted to somebody doesn't mean that, like, it doesn't mean that person is, like, predatory. It's like, no, just, like, have that crush and move on. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I think everybody has had a, like, even if it's, I feel like a lot of times... Uh, popular culture does the story of like the unrequited love of like a straight person or a gay person with their straight friend or Mm -hmm. something but like everybody's at one point in your life you're just gonna have a crush on somebody that doesn't have a crush on you back regardless of your sexual identity like and it's just gonna suck but I feel like it has become too much of a very bad trope for LGBT stories yeah So we've been talking about your book and media for a while, but I'd like to talk about you for a little bit. Can you lead us on your career journey super quick? Yes. Um, I, well, so my sister came out before me Mm -hmm. and like I said, she's like a lesbian around Swanson. Like she does carpentry. (laughs) She like builds theater sets. She knows how to weld. She wears cargo shorts. She sounds awesome. (laughs) She's great. I am none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, so, like, I saw her come out, and, like, I've only, at that point in time, only, like, seen that sort of image of, like, what it meant to be, like, a gay woman, where it's just, like, butch, and, like, shops in the dude section, Mm -hmm. and that, and, like, I was, like, that's not me at all. My dad tried to teach me how to change a tire, and I said my pants were too nice to get on the ground. So I... (laughs) I am not that. <laughs> what a mood. <laughs> um, so then, but like, uh, and then I pulled the whole, I care about LGBT things because I'm a great ally to my sister. Yeah. For like a- <laughs> yeah. I know that move. Yeah, that's a, a mm-hmm. solid move. <laughs> um, but then, like, I kind of started thinking about it more. And, like, I think I, it kind of dawned on me when... I know when people would ask me like who do you have a celebrity or do you who do you just have a crush on at school and I'd be like nobody but then I like had this one girl in one of my world history classes that I was like I want to sit next to this girl mm. every single day and I just want to make her laugh but like in a friendship way <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh I love looking back on things like this because you're just like you're so dumb you're right high school is tough because I'm thinking of at least a trillion more moments like that that I've had and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh oh my poor gay heart yeah and it gets worse because then I was like I'll go to an all-women's college I'm not gay I'm just gonna go for fun (laughs) Um, so that worked really well Uh, (laughs) 
And then I, and like at that point, like by the time that I decided that I was going to the all women's college, I kind of came out to myself and was like, you're gay. Like just, just admit it. And so I got to that point, but I'm like a pretty private person. Mm-hmm. So I don't really like, like talking about my feelings a lot. So I was like, mm, nobody needs to know about this until like I start dating somebody. Right. <laughs> I uh, didn't tell anybody until I started dating somebody in, like, January of my freshman year of college. Um, I was dating, I started dating this girl. My parents had met her, like, two days before over, like, winter break. And I introduced her just as my friend. And then I sent them an email because oh. <laughs> I couldn't yes. do it over the phone. Um, and I was like, hey, uh, school's going great. <laughs> love the second semester um that girl you met yesterday is my girlfriend by the way i'm gay uh <laughs> talk to you later <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry quick question yes please i need that subject line do you remember what it was no and i'm so upset because i ended up transferring schools like after my freshman year there ah. and that email was sent from that school account no. i am so mad i should actually ask my parents if they still have it my mom they probably, probably doesn't. do probably not my mom <laughs> like uh, she has like one unread email in her inbox and like that's it and i, I don't live that life but <laughs> somebody has to be organized <laughs> Did you find it a little easier to send that email when your sister had already, like, broken that barrier and come out yeah. before you? Yeah, because, like, I kind of got to gauge, like, how, like, the family and, like, we had a very similar group of friends, too. Um, so I kind of got to gauge how all of that would play out. But also, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like with my parents, well... With my sister, they knew. My sister was like, like a, like they knew before, like she had the words to describe it. Congratulations! Like, it's a book. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like they just knew, but so like I think it was very expected. And then for me, it kind of like I don't know. It wasn't. So I was kind of like, mm, they never expected this from me, like in the way that they expected this from my sister. But, I mean, all things considered, yeah, she thinks sister <laughs> won't listen to this because she doesn't listen to podcasts because she doesn't have a smartphone. <laughs> she well, can I mean... log on to the World Wide Web while she's welding. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's like Ron Swanson. Doesn't he, he only has like a flip phone. That's what my sister has. <laughs> she lives in the wilderness. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so if there was something that you could tell uh, cisgender heterosexual people for the very last time and then never hear about it ever again, what would it be? Uh, I think I think it would have to be, and I don't know how to phrase this in like a concise way, but um, two women that are like touchy-feely toward each other are not sisters. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> or, like, familiar in some sort of way are not sisters. And that, mm. oh, that is just the worst. Oh, man. And it's so weird. I, having never dated a woman, how often do you get that? Um, I... You could just throw out a number. I'm trying to think. With the very first girl I dated, it was a lot because we both, 
were white with brown hair. That'll do <laughs> it. So they immediately were like, oh, sisters? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't happen as much anymore. But then it was a lot. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. just because I... That's so weird, too, because, like, I don't even know if I see like siblings be that touchy-feely no. with each other in public no. i never see people be touchy-feely with each other in public of no. any gender and be like they're siblings exactly well, there's just always going to be those straight people who like need to jump through those hoops where you see a picture of like two women getting married to each other and they'll be like oh i wish i was that close with my sister where we could have a joint yeah. wedding I love that. So, I mean, like, on the one hand, it's stupid and ridiculous. But on the other hand, I love when people are like, oh, my God, best friends getting married on the same day. What kind of friendship goals are those? Oh, my and gosh, I yeah. deeply love it, in, it and hate it. But. It is kind of endearing in the same way that, like, when a turtle gets stuck on its back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, honey. Yeah. I love the one where it's two men like straight up like cuddling each other on outdoors and the it's like an older photo and the caption says like two men investigating the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Can we use that as a modern euphemism? I love it. Yes, 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 yes. That's so good. Can can you just title this episode investigating the grass? Investigating the grass. New Tinder bio. Looking for someone to investigate grass. (laughs) Have you seen Jenny's wedding? Uh, No, I have not. (gasps) No, Jen, have you seen Jenny's wedding? I have not. Oh, okay. Is this a film? It's actually horrible. It's a movie. A movie, okay. It's a movie with Katherine Heigl and Alexis Bedell, and like Katherine Heigl's engaged to Alexis Bedell, but like hasn't told her family yet. That mm-hmm. she's gay slash also engaged. <laughs> um, and it's not well written. It's kind of profoundly awful. But <laughs> there's a moment or like a whole like C storyline where Katherine Heigl's sister is like in the middle of a failing marriage. And she's like, our grass isn't green. He won't water the grass. And then it becomes this like weird extended metaphor where she just like asks everyone in a relationship how their grass is in their front yard. <laughs> okay. And now we So know. it's kind of like that. Exactly. <laughs> grass is a metaphor. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right. Cishet people, listen up. Grass is gay. <laughs> if right, you have I a front you... lawn, you're gay. Figure it out. <laughs> it's just escalating with this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you smoke weed, you're gay. <laughs> Because that's that stinky grass. <laughs> Where's this, this land grass. astroturf? Is that oh, the equivalent boy. of like going through a phase in college or? I'm going astroturf is by. Astroturf I'm, is by. I would like to propose that astroturf is the people who will discredit bisexual people by saying, "Oh, isn't everybody a little bit by?" I kissed a girl at a party <laughs> once. <laughs> oh, that's another fun thing people say. <laughs> It's not a fun thing, but gosh darn it is a thing that they say <laughs> at me as if I asked them. Right. So, people snuggling up, probably not siblings. Grass, definitely gay. Can I ask you, what's on your gay agenda? My gay agenda, and this is, I thought about this long and hard, and then it of course came back to romantic comedies because I... <laughs> 
just live and breathe them. But like, you know that moment in uh, like in the '90s when every single romantic comedy had that one song, uh, "The Sixpence None the Richer," and it was "Kiss Me." Yeah, kiss and, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. No. So like in my brain, yes, that song. Yeah. In my brain, that <laughs> for like through middle school, I was like, this is the pinnacle of romance. <laughs> So, oh my, gosh. my gay agenda is so that everybody in every community, not just the gay community, but like every minority, gets that movie moment where Kiss Me six, by Sixpence None the Richer plays in the background. Yes. <laughs> because everyone deserves to see that on a big screen. And that is my gay agenda. I love that. That's very good. That's very wholesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say to that. That's just wholesome content. (laughs) I'm a romantic. (laughs) That moment where the foot pops, right? Yeah, the foot pop. And then Kiss Me plays in the background. And, like, there might be a marching band. Like, you know, this guy. And it's raining. Always raining. Yeah. I want want Heath Ledger singing, um, I want you to want me. But Heath Ledger is, like, a butch lady. (laughs) Mm. I Want You to Want Me is a great song. That is a good, good song. Mm. I'm now seeing why all of your chapter titles are song titles. Yes, they are. I love music. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to read this book. (laughs) It's like reading an album. All right, uh, let's move on to the game. Jen? All right. right. So, um... I didn't come up with a name for this one. I've had names for all the other games, so let me see if I can come up with one super quick. Let's see. Uh, LGBTYA? All right. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, since you wrote an LGBTQIA+, a queer, a queer-friendly romantic comedy YA novel, yes. I was hoping, since you're the expert, that I could bring to you some very famous painfully straight some might say YA um books slash movies all of these have been adapted and to see if you can help us queerify them oh my god this is the best game that I've ever played in my entire life hooray I'm so excited (laughs) I'm not saying we're gonna fix them we'll just make them gay yeah we're just they're gonna be gayer and transier than ever yeah exactly which I view as fixing but uh okay so (laughs) first up we have the hunger games which I might posit could become the Hunger Gays. <laughs> but they're all gonna die. <laughs> that we can change that is the thing. We, can we have that? the power here. Yeah, this okay. is our book. Okay, I'm gonna change it so it's like a a dating. It's gonna be like The Bachelorette, but okay. <laughs> LGBTQIA inclusive. And then it's just <laughs> it's like Bachelor in Paradise. I am a closet bachelor bachelorette fan <laughs> i'm ashamed but it's fine okay so katniss is like the bachelorette yeah katniss can be like the bachelorette everybody we're gonna do like bachelor in paradise where it's just like a bunch of people show up on like an exotic island and then they just like make out and date each other so that's what we're doing but there won't be children because i think like the hunger games you can be 12 <laughs> we're not yeah. gonna do that that's fair <laughs> Or at least all of the 12-year-olds can be off on their own part of the island just passing notes and holding hands. I was going to say, they can just, like, play games. Like, they don't need to be a part of the rest of the drama. (laughs) But yeah, it'll be like a nationwide dating game. 
I'm 100 gets more murdered. invested in this version. Yes. Can I just say I volunteer as tribute? <laughs> All right. Now the now the podcast is canceled because I made that joke. No. I'm no, sorry. It's a good joke. <laughs> I could do better. <laughs> Are we ready for our next property to queerify? Yes. Yes. All right. How about Twilight? No, the podcast is really canceled. <laughs> but, but maybe now it's Bylight. Bylight. Yeah. What? Oh, I don't know the girl's name. The but... main character, Bella. No, Be- I know Bella, but like she for sure wanted to bang Alice. Yeah, is that out, the one with the short hair? Yeah, it's Alice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we just swap out. What's the dude's name? Edward. Edward. We just swap out Edward and Alice, and like this rest of the story stays the same, except they don't have the weird baby in like the end. Oh, I'm very into this because I definitely had a slight crush on Alice before I knew that I was interested in ladies at all. Um, um, I've yes. seen all of them that have Anna Kendrick in it, so I've never seen the last one. I mean, why, like, young me, why would you just choose to not see the one Anna Kendrick's in? So weird of you <laughs> to make that choice. Hmm. Huh. Huh, I wonder why. I also saw all movies except for the last one because Breaking Dawn was a garbage fire. Yeah. And I yeah. I want no part in that. Thank you. I've just seen the baby and the baby it's, it's like a CGI baby, right? Yeah, yes. they originally built a uh, an animatronic robot, but that's go look <laughs> go look that up. That's my action call to everybody. Go look that up because it's a nightmare to look at. Yikes. Oh my god. That's Yikes. like the American sniper baby. Yeah, it was. You, it was I a never mess. saw that movie, but I've seen the American Sniper Baby, and it's just like a straight up baby doll. But you can see like Bradley Cooper like moving his hand to make the baby. Like, <laughs> oh my <seem> god! <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna oh. throw up. Okay. <laughs> Are we ready for our next property? Yes. Yes. Okay. I know the least about this one. Um, my partner gave me a primer. I don't think he's read or seen any of it. It's just what he learned from the internet. So Uh-oh. this is like third-hand information. Oh, no. How about uh, the Maze Runner? Alternately, the Gaze r- Runner. <laughs> so here's the thing. I've seen all of them in theaters, and I cannot tell you a single plot point of that movie. <laughs> I don't know anything. I saw it because the I watched Skins when I was younger, and the girl that played Effie, if you've seen Skins, Mm -hmm. she was the British Skins was in it, and I found her very cute. Mm. But I like know that they're like in a maze, and like because like they were like immune to like a disease that like broke out like that was from like the sun or something this is more than i i just knew that it's all dudes and there's one single lady and it's like right hmm. no but then like you find out that there's like different versions of it where it's all ladies and one dude hmm. and like i i don't know but there was like a girl in the third movie that gave off some gay vibes so like Let's just rewrite it so, like, that girl who drove the bus in the third movie, who I don't know her name. <laughs> she's the protagonist now. She, she's the protagonist now, and she's gay. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. And they run through a maze. I now okay. feel like I know less about that franchise than I did going into this. Yeah, that's fair. As someone who has seen everything, I couldn't even tell you the main character's name. I Good. know nothing about this. <laughs> His name is Maze Boy. <laughs> The Incredible Maze Boy. (laughs) 
and everybody else is his maze friends or maze enemies. <laughs> I would I would watch that. Yeah, I'd watch Maze Boy. Gotta run, I'm Maze Boy. That was his catchphrase. Okay, go ahead, Ken. <laughs> the last YA novel turned movie I picked is kind of a bummer. Um, okay. Oh no. <laughs> I picked The Fault in Our Stars, and the only pun I could come up with is calling it The Fault in Our Straits. <laughs> Which feels like the thesis statement of this podcast. I mean, honestly. Um, I, how would I make this game? I don't want anyone to die again. Can I, I make a suggestion? think about that when I picked it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so, like, what if the story goes on as usual, and... She's super sad. It's Hazel? Her name's Hazel? Yes. Whatever. Sure. So, <laughs> Hazel's super sad that her boyfriend is now dead, and then she spends years recovering from that, and she meets somebody new who is not a boy. They kiss. <laughs> uh, so this is the sequel. This is The Fall of the Stars, our college years. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am proposing a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I want to posit that she was by or pan the whole time. Yeah, I yeah. believe it. Was there any other girl in those books, though? In that book? Ooh, I don't know. I, I only read it. I read it my sophomore year of college. Did I weep openly? Yes, I did. Do I remember most plot points? No, I don't. No, I remember that they go to Amsterdam. Yeah. And I think that's about all that I truly remember. And, like, the boy. They do the thing where they say, like, okay, okay, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kay. And then he's like, the cigarette is the metaphor. And I, was, I like, was going to bring up the grass cigarette is the thing. metaphor, boy. <laughs> Can our okay be gay? So it's like, gay? Gay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that'll be the sequel. That'll be there. <laughs> a gay? A gay. That's what I am. Oh, God. Yeah, so nobody dies. Nobody dies in the sequel. Love it. Excellent. Great. Jen, that was the conclusion of the game? Yes, that was the final one. Yay! Yeah. We did it. We fixed YA forever. Yay. Except the Maze Runner. I don't know if we fixed that one. <laughs> I don't know. I think that we'd have to burn that one down and build on the ashes. Yep. <laughs> so, Tina, is there anything you want to plug? Say, if you were happen to be an author and wrote books... Hypothetically, oh, hypothetically, if I hypothetically had written some novels, um, I guess I should say what they're called. I don't know if I said that. I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you definitely have not. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're called Burn Before Reading, and I didn't start the fire. Um, and they are both on Amazon right now, Kindle um, and just paperback. Uh, you can also go to tinacagadellis.com for some more fun and uh, my, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's all Captain Ameripug. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I like pugs a lot. Don't have one. Wish I had one, but I love pugs. Um, and yeah, I'm there. You can talk to me about the book. The third one's coming out next April. And I'll be at Clexicon again next April. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So burn after reading and I didn't start the fire. Burn before reading. Burn before burn reading. After. Burn before reading. <laughs> burn goofed. after reading is actually the third one that's coming oh. out. Uh, then I, I didn't biff it as bad as it. I thought. <laughs> no, you just somehow knew the third one. <laughs> I have a real quick question slash suggestion. 
Yes. If your books are ever adapted into film, mm-hmm. obviously we got to have the sixpence kiss me moment. Oh, yeah. But can there also be a romantic moment off into the sunset and then you play We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel? <laughs> For the second one. Yes. Yes. That'll, the credit song. Yeah. We Didn't Start the Fire. They're okay. flying in a car like Grease. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Grease 2, though. I would have to. I always have to plug how much I love Grease Two. I'm sorry. Are you promoting the film Grease Two, <laughs> to which you have no affinity right now because yes, you enjoy Grease Two? Yes. Um, everyone watch Grease Two. It's on Netflix. Michelle Pfeiffer is amazing. All I will right. watch it on your recommendation purely. Yeah, agree. It's oh, wild. Jen, that could be our next musical night. Heck yeah! It's very wild. It's very wild, and like really weird and 98% of the songs are just about sex but it's a great time perfect all right Jen do you have any plugs slash uh, other miscellaneous media that you appreciate <laughs> um I mean if we're talking about like campy musicals you know I'm a hoe for Phantom of the Paradise oh so what is that oh, oh man it's- it's so good, so bad. Uh, it's Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> but the 70s and also Faust. What? Yes. It's Is it like a movie? Yes. It's wild, go watch it. Phantom, wait, what's it called? Phantom of the... Paradise. 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 I'll okay. send you the trailer after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so go watch that movie. And also, if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore... And I link to my Instagram there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I recently watched the movie. I think it's What We Do in the Dark. It's the one with Jermaine Clement. And... What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, oh What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. That was, that was That's pretty a funny. That's good one. So That's good. fun. I liked it. It was silly. So go watch that. Um, and we just became the flop house where they just talk about movies they like at the end. Um, but anyway, so uh, if you like our podcast, there's several things you can do. Uh, you can rate and subscribe on iTunes and use that to tell all your friends. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, that's uh, My Gay Agenda Podcast is the end of the URL. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Our tag is Gay Agenda Cast. And recently, you can uh, join us as a patron on Patreon. Uh, our URL is patreon.com slash mygayagenda. Uh, you can support us at any level and get some cool stuff. Yay! And just as Ooh. a quick reminder that we have a live show coming up on Thursday, October 11th oh, at nice. 9 p.m. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a guest. Uh, their name is Pax Wrestler, and I love them very much. And they're going to be joining us. They are a Philadelphia non-binary theater artist who is just so wonderful. Um, so join us. Again, that's uh, Thursday, October 11th at 9 p.m. at the Philly Improv Theater in Philadelphia on National Coming Out Day. So Woo-ho. somebody better come out during our show. No I pressure. Think it was National but... Coming Out Day? Please, please, please. Some pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> more like if, mother... you're, if you're teetering on the fence and trying to, th- I'm more just trying to find the good time to do it. This would be a great time to do it. That's a great time. My mother likes to joke, I'm born in October, my sister's born in June. Mm-hmm. She likes to joke that like we had to be gay 
because June is Pride Month and October is LGBT History Month. Yeah. So, like, we were just doomed from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it was inevitable. <laughs> true, true. All right. Uh, Jen, sign us off. All right. Until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Go read Tina's books. Yay. Yeah. A gay? A gay. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. It's <laughs> always burning since the world was turning. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist.